You're tuning in to Enjoying God with S.J. Hill, a series of podcast and vlog interviews diving deeper into themes and experiences of a beautiful God and His beautiful gospel from S.J.'s life and over 50 years of ministry. Please share and subscribe and send any questions or comments to stephenhill6 at gmail.com. We may even include your questions in a future episode. We're praying that you'll be blessed by these recordings to truly know what it means to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. Well, welcome back to the Enjoying God with S.J. Hill podcast and video blog or vlog. Um, I believe what we're in the third episode now. Uh, and it's been a joy um, just having these conversations. So thank you to all who've been joining and those who've been sharing the, the podcast. And uh, I know SJ's heart is just to get this message out uh, to as many people as possible. So if you're enjoying it with us, uh, please consider sharing. Um, but yeah, we're excited to be back with another episode. And uh, we kind of wanted to continue the conversation on what we were uh, sharing about in the last episode about the father heart of God and uh, just all the, the depths and the challenges that that's presented to us as individuals and, and the church throughout, uh, throughout the ages, really, um, to, to see God as father and to experience that embrace, um, to experience intimacy, a God that, that actually likes us and that wants to be near us. And so I'm just excited to kind of, pick uh, your brain again, SJ, and just hear some of the things that you've learned and what's on your heart. And so maybe we'll just open it back up. Um, good to have sure. you back, SJ. And, uh, what, what's on your heart uh, this week for this podcast? Yeah, thanks, Matt, again, for uh, helping me do these podcasts. You're a real blessing. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, last uh, time we were together, uh, we were talking about how it has appeared that we've had a forgotten heavenly father for a good segment of church history because yeah. just from the things I've experienced and the reactions I've gotten from people, as I said last time, it's like uh, speaking a whole different language. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have, have uh, this perception that God only tolerates us because of the finished work of Christ, that he's very stern and harsh and, uh, quite frankly, an abusive father. And, uh, and so as I've traveled around the world, it, it's amazed me how that little word father uh, has dialed up all kinds of emotional responses. Uh, in fact, I was getting ready for 13 weeks of meetings in Australia uh, a number of years ago, and I came across a story that I have never forgotten, and I've shared it in a lot of places, and I thought it would be good before we go any further just to share it again in this podcast, but the story is of a seminary student that was uh, taking theological courses in a part of Melbourne, Australia, and he was walking home one day, and he came across a teenager who was living on the street. 
And uh, somehow they struck up a conversation and fresh from his seminary studies, he really wanted to talk to this teenager about God. And uh, so in the process of the conversation, he turned the conversation toward, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of God and, and the kid interrupts it and said, you know, you, you talk are talking to me about God. What's God really like? Now you talk about a loaded question, Matt. I right. mean, <laughs> one crack at this kid and what do you say? And so almost instinctively, he said, well, God's like a father. And the teenager looked at him and said, well, if he's anything like my old man, you can have him. And he turned and walked away. Yeah. And somehow later on, this uh, seminary student found out that this kid had had a very abusive father. He had seen his dad repeatedly beat up his mom. And then he also mm -hmm. later discovered that his dad had sexually molested his sister. So, you know, here I am getting ready to travel, talking about the father heart of God, God's affections for us, the joyful God. And, uh, and I came across this story. And like I said a few minutes ago, I've never forgotten it because I have yeah. seen this lived out again and again and again. Like I said, with that one word father creating all kinds of issues with people, you know, hey, we know Jesus loves us. He died for us. We love Holy Spirit. We don't understand Holy Spirit all that much and Holy Spirit right. activity. But man, I mean, it's it's just really, really hard to believe that God is a father that likes uh, likes us even in the process of maturing or growing up. So I thought we could just uh, continue along the themes of looking at the Father heart of God and and uh, re really trying to ad address this thing that our Heavenly Father is not abusive at all. And uh, yeah. in fact, just the opposite, you know? Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about the fear of the Lord? Because I yeah, Excited to hear your thoughts on that. You know, it's another one that's, you know, preached so often. And in fact, you know, almost made a, a main focus. And yet, I mean, how many of us even understand what it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, in my journey years ago, I, I would ask Father some very tough questions because in trying to embrace this whole idea of enjoying God, um, I'm thinking, okay, how does that relate to this subject and this topic? And one of the things that I thought about was the fear of the Lord. And I remember that um, uh, I was in Florida and I was teaching at this Bible school and it was like Holy Spirit just led me to this book written by uh, Abraham Heschel. And uh mm -hmm. Yeah, a, a, an incredible Jewish scholar. And he actually had a chapter in this book on the fear of the Lord from a Jewish perspective. And man, I mean, the lights came on. Uh, it, it, was, it was a real God thing because he said the word in the Hebrew for fear can mean a literal fear. 
But as it relates to our relationship with God, it has nothing to do with a tormenting fear at all. It's, it's really about that sense of wonder, he would say, in the presence of mystery, speaking of mystery as God, like God's in a league all by himself, but we experience God and his presence, and he talked about awe and mystery as opposed to torment and something that's abusive. And it just really awakened my heart because in my heart of hearts, I thought there's no way in the world God wants us to be scared of him. You know, we, we talk about reverence and obviously God is who he is and we are who we are. But still, I, I think the word reverence falls short of what Heschel was really trying to convey, that it really is about awe. You know, when we understand God's affections for us revealed yeah. in Jesus and we're introduced to his father, who is our father, it's like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. I yeah. call it this holy, ho, oh, you know, fascination, <laughs> you know, that that uh, that awakens our hearts. And, uh, you know, I think we've already talked about this, but. You can't give your heart to somebody completely that you're scared of. And yeah, I, I, exactly. I want to be gracious, but I don't care what argument some people come up with. Again, remember, Jesus is the word of God. He's got the last say, and it's the revelation of his father that we need to embrace. And, um, and, and so, you know, as I've traveled, I've talked about this whole thing of, of, holy fascination where where we're so enamored we're so um, caught up like you like to talk about the bliss of god you know the the uh, the deep deep affections of god for human beings and mm. i don't know i mean how else can you respond i mean once holy spirit starts opening up your heart it's too good to be true for sure uh but it's like, yeah. whoa, you know, it, it, it really is. The, the issue with so many of us is that it feels too good to be true. We almost feel like there's like, uh, you know, like we're watering it down if we don't make God somehow mean like we grew up with or somehow, you know. Um, but like we were talking about last time, right? Like when Jesus taught us to pray, he could have chosen any any title, and he, but he chose Father. You know, he could have chosen... Right. Supreme Master or, or Lord of the Universe or Lord of Hosts or many of these, you know, titles that already existed, but he went right for an intimate term. And so, yeah, yeah. I think there were a couple of things. Yeah, I think there were a couple of things going on there. First of all, that would have just totally messed up the Jewish community, especially the leaders, because what he's in essence saying to them is that I have this unique relationship Mm. Yahweh, or I can call him Abba, a very endearing term, but it also spoke of his, his sonship when all these religious leaders, for the most part, around him were questioning his authority. But then it was also a revelation to, to his listeners and those of us who have embraced Christ that man, this has always been about intimacy and, and relationship, you know? So, um, 
Yeah, this this whole fear thing, I I, I detest it. I, I I'm serious because I grew up under this, not so much through my father, but the denomination that we were a part of, and I saw people running to the altars all the time, and fear uh, was used to keep people in line. And I'm not saying everybody's motives were wrong. I think some of the leadership had wrong motives, but I think, I think it, it was, it was just something that they grew up with. And yeah, they yes. saw this as the fear of God and we're just going to bring the hammer down. And, uh, I'm just, but in you heard yeah, of that. That's why I love talking with you when you, you, you've seen over the years the fruit of what that's produced in, in lives of just folks that are unable to have a healthy long-term relationship with God because of that torment. Yeah, you know? absolutely. That has real effects. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I still deal with people who struggle uh, over this very thing and, and believe that they can lose their salvation and, and they're walking on eggshells, you know, and, and uh, um, you know, I'm thinking of this verse in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, where a lot of people just really get hung up, um, you know, where the writer to, to Hebrews says in verse 26, if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when, when pe people sin, whatever language you, you want to use, uh, primarily it is willful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, but the thing is, when you don't take this verse in its historical context, then you end up with all kinds of, of crazy notions. You know, the writer of the book of Hebrews is, is writing to Hebrew believers who had embraced Christ, and yet because of persecution and pressure from family and those around them, they, they were really being tempted to renounce Christ and go back under the law. And, and that's, that's the willful sin right there. That's why the writer says, if you do this, there remains no more sacrifice for sin because it was the finished work of Christ. <laughs> That yeah. marks freedom, you know, but it, it, unless you know that, I remember years ago, man, in my immaturity as, as a young believer reading a verse like that and man, I mean, freaking out, you know, so then you run to the altar to get re-saved, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's this constant um, life of, of turmoil and, and uh, yes. man, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it's pathetic. I, I've uh, I've uh, seen people. I, I was in you know some meetings down at Brownsville uh, Assembly of God when that whole thing was going on years ago, and they would have a baptismal service every Friday night, and some people would have an opportunity to uh, share their story, and um, and I I remember just sitting back and watching, not not out of skepticism, but. I would see people come back the following year and get rebaptized. Right. And and uh, <laughs> I knew they were getting rebaptized because they said it. It wasn't like I recognized them, but they were saying oh. I was here a year ago and yeah, got baptized and 
took the fire of God home with me. And for some reason, you know, um, I backslid or I lost my, my zeal. And so I'm back right. here uh, to rededicate and, and, and see, I could relate to that. <laughs> But I'm right. sitting there thinking to myself, I know exactly what happened. You yeah. went back home and, you know, you didn't have these glorious choir kind of settings and uh, yeah. thousands of people there with all of the spiritual energy. You, you may have been in a, a, a service with 80 people and uh, it could have felt dry as toast. And then because you were pointed to a greater intimacy with the God yeah. who's chosen you for himself. Yeah. You, you ended up reading the Bible, witnessing to everything that breathed, uh, you know, praying out of duty rather than delight in God. And I, and I've yeah. seen this all the time, Matt. And that's why I hate this, this fear-based stuff. Cause you can get people to come to an altar, man. If you create a certain environment and again, I'm not yes. questioning motives, but, uh, it doesn't last, you know, and I, I'm, I'm interested in people being greater lovers of God 10 years from now. Come on. And, and how's that going to happen if we, if we don't understand God's feelings for us? So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's the thing that, that I've seen is that fear can produce quick results, yes. you know, someone will start to act right because of, of terror, you know? Right. Um, but it doesn't produce long-term results because it's just relying on our willpower to try harder. And, uh, yeah, what you're presenting here and what this, this intimate and this father heart and this relationship, it's like, there's this voluntary response of love that may take some longer time to develop. So yep. we get patient and oftentimes as church leaders, we, we're tempted to go back to something that will produce quick results for our newsletters and, and photos for our ministry updates, you know, or whatever. Uh, no, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, we, we've talked before about this, but I, I just really want to encourage, you know, our friends that, uh, you know, we can throw out the word conviction and, and yet, I think a lot of times, at least in my experience, what some people call conviction has actually been condemnation because yeah. whether we want to use the word conviction or Holy Spirit just wanting to talk to us about an issue, you know, for our own yeah. good, true, true conviction or Holy Spirit uh, speaking to our hearts is never about shame. It's never about yeah. guilt. And it's not general yuck, you know, it's not general junk that Holy Spirit throws in our face to make us feel bad and line up. Um, it, it, it's very specific. And, and when, when I look at this, it's, it's like an invitation. It's not, it's not condemnation or guilt or bringing up all our past mistakes. It's an invitation to something better. It's, it's like God is saying to us, listen, I, I have brought you into union with myself. I have uh, 
yeah. brought you into a place of freedom and and you deserve better you don't you don't have to settle for uh something less you know what i'm saying um and i really want people to hear this that first of all it's not general slime that's not the work of the holy spirit that's condemnation so when that stuff attacks your mind don't don't meditate on it and like i say i want to say it again when it's Holy Spirit at work, it's very specific, and it's always an invitation to something better. But here's the deal, Matt. Uh, you know, in my book, Enjoying God, I talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, why, why do people sin or miss the mark? Because they, they don't believe that God's love is such that it's more satisfying than the pleasures of sin, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And the way the, 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 the message has been presented, I totally get it. And I'm not trying to be um, critical, but I love the phrase you use all the time, the beautiful gospel. It is beautiful. And yes. yeah, it sounds too good to be true, but, but yeah, it's not just saying no to temptation. Uh, it's saying yes to something better. And, and uh, um, you know, if, if, if we're just trying to do all the right things because we're scared of punishment, um, man, yeah. we're, we're really, we're really missing what Jesus died for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're missing out on the joy of relationship with the Trinity, the God of the universe who created all this beauty and wonder. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and you know what's crazy? Uh, crazy good. Yeah. And, and, and I, I want to get into some of this in another, in another podcast down the road. But, um, you know, even the word punishment in, in the Greek New Testament is a very interesting word. There, there are two Greek words, but the predominant one is the word kolossis. And mm. It's not retributive. It's not God, you know, yes. I'm punishing you by getting even, you know, and yeah. putting down the old heavy hand of, of, uh, of wrath and, and judgment. It, the, the Greek word actually is restorative. It, you know, so, so even, even if some people want to talk about punishment, when you really understand the heart of God, you know, on the so, one hand, yeah. he hates to see what humanity is going through. You know, he he's not uh, our problem. Uh, there are consequences to bad choices. And I hate to use the word allow, but, you know, when Romans 1 talks about God giving people over to all kinds of stuff, I mean, really, it's God letting people have their way because that's the way he's designed things in the universe. You make bad choices. There are consequences, but that's not God's heart for us. That's not God's heart for humanity. You know, people are going through hell in the here and now because of, of all that they're, they're uh, going through. And I think for a lot of people, they just don't understand the goodness of God and that there's a life that's better lived than yes. settling for little crumbs, you know? So, 
So when, when people want to talk about the anger of God, the wrath of God, uh, the jealousy of God, I'll, I'll just make this, this uh, statement and then we can come back to it some other time. But, but Romans 1, again, is simply saying that the way God has designed this thing, that he has to give people the freedom to make their choices. But the thing that we, we forget, and it's not being taught, is that the Greek word for wrath is orge. We get the word orgy from that word. Now, there is an erotic passion associated with orgy, but as it relates to the nature of God, there is this pure, holy passion to, to preserve and protect humanity for the stuff that we keep giving ourselves into, you know, uh, or, or over to, I should say. And, and so when, when some have even come back at me and said, well, the, the Bible says that the wrath of God abides on the children of disobedience. Yeah, I say that's exactly right, but it's not this. It's God working behind the scenes, even with people that don't know him, to bring them to a place where they understand his goodness. Come on. And, yeah. and, and if he's angry at anything, he's angry at what sin and the missing of the mark is doing to humanity. You know, oh, I tell you that, you know, I remember uh, a very prominent uh TV personality was in, in uh, a congregation years ago, and she heard the preacher talk about the jealousy of God, and it must not have been <laughs> in light of the nature of God. And, and that turned her so off, Matt, that, uh, yeah, it really affected her thinking about God, because she's saying, if God is jealous, I, I, I don't want anything to do with him. And, and and we yeah. equate jealousy with some fickle human emotion? you got to be kidding me. He's jealous on our behalf because he wants our best in mind. This is not oh, about insecurity from God's perspective. You know what I'm saying? So when you put all of this together, yeah, there are consequences to, to bad choices. But the, I, I like to talk about this as the consuming fire of the love of God constantly at work in human lives. Yes. Bring them to a place where their eyes are opened and they see his beauty and give their hearts to him so that they can live an eternal life in the here and now. So, yeah. So good. It is such a shift. You know, it's such it and. And I'm sure, you know, even folks listening, uh, there's so many questions that come up, which is why we want to do multiple, you know, episodes on this and we'll continue to share. But it's like, it's such a shift from, you know, and, and I honestly, sometimes I wonder if that's even a lot of what the fall was in the beginning is originally we saw God as good, you know, and he said all his creation was very good. And but then as we began to, you know, be deceived into this lie by the yeah. serpent, yep. that means, but we we began to 
you know, worship lesser things, you know, look, and, and I think some of these perspectives of God, which Jesus came to restore, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of what you're speaking to. It's, it's coming back to see God as actually good and, uh, and even his creation restored as good again, you yeah, know? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before I've done other podcasts, so, uh, bear with me, but you know, in Isaiah six, you, six, you have the seraphim who are crying, crying, holy, holy, holy. And, and, you know, you can look at that on the surface and go, holy cow, you know, I mean, is, is this what, you know, eternity's all about, uh, God on some ego trip and the created order, just, you know, constantly worshiping him. But, you know, the seraphim in the presence of God were seeing things that they had never seen before. They were feeling things. They they were experiencing, Hey, the bliss of this ways they had never encountered before. Come on. And because God's in a league all by himself, you know, it's just like back back to this whole thing of awe. You know, it's like, wow, the fascinations of this beautiful God. Yeah. And how else could they respond? You know, and, and I yeah. really think that we can feel some of this in this life. You know, I know we're wired differently and we have... Uh, unique personalities, but man, it's like I said a few minutes ago, when your heart is awakened to the awe of God, yeah, it's going to warm your heart. (laughs) Something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. So. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. You know, uh, seeing the seraphim there, instead of responding out of duty, like they're supposed to be worshiping God, but they're responding out of, you know, the, the overflow of, of an experience that they're having with the goodness yeah. of God. Yeah. Know? Yeah. They were, yeah. they were experiencing things they had never experienced before because God, God, <laughs> I mean, God is, is God. And it's just like a many faceted diamond. And, you know, in eternity, we're going to experience things. Yeah. <laughs> unending that will just, blow us away i mean in a good sense you know i mean our language how, how do you even express this you know but uh yeah holy 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. yeah we're trying to find here you know um but it, yeah it's i i love what you're saying and i think it is so important and and you know how many even unbelievers have been turned off to the message of the gospel because of this very thing you know, they, they see it as a fear-based, duty-based punishment. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it turns you off, man. It turns the human heart off. And I'm not saying that if it was true, then we should still proclaim it. But what you're saying is as we actually examine the scriptures, there's a, a much richer and more beautiful, more loving father that's, that's there, that's revealed. You know, Jesus is father, that relationship that Jesus has yeah. with God. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the love language of God is, is Jesus. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, seen Jesus, you've seen the father and, you know, you know, people are going through enough hell in this life. I mean, why in the world would, would they 
try and give themselves over to someone who who just uh, is demanding this right. fear-based yeah. obedience. I mean, I'll say it again. that That is not obedience at all, in my humble opinion. Right. I don't want yeah, my wife scared of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a, just an outward act, you know? Yeah. We, and we've produced actors in the church because of it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't want my wife scared of me. I, I want her responding to me out of love and, and uh, how much more the bridegroom God, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. it's something that we can talk a lot about, but um, man, you, you, you've got me all stirred up again, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's part of the gospel itself. And uh, so I, I'm just, yeah, I'm convinced, you know, it's like how many times did the, the writers of the epistles or, or Jesus himself bring this father revelation that he's put that spirit in our heart that cries Abba and uh, coming back to that intimacy, that relationship and communion, which, yeah, it does scandalize so many of the church, uh, maybe traditions or, you know, places we've come from. But uh, I think we are in a reformation, you know? Yeah, it's, it's I believe that. Yep seeing things clear and, and, uh, yeah, we're still wrestling with stuff. Like, like I said, I, I know whoever's listening to this, there's, you know, all the time it brings up more questions even than answers, but, but, uh, man, it's, I mean, like I said, you've been living it for some years and, and, and I've been experiencing it for a few, a few less years, but I can say, man, it's transformed everything, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely worth living, you know, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, do we want to go deeper, or we're? Uh, I don't know. We're probably about think, thirty minutes here. We're, we're trying to. I don't know. We we could go a little longer, or just. I know we want to do multi series on this. So, no. Let's yeah. uh, let's just uh, let's just uh, <laughs> close out with this. I think we've given people enough to chew on, and uh, yeah, and um, yeah. We'll, we'll do this again soon. And uh, again, I appreciate you helping me, man. Um, yeah, boy. So good. Yeah. I, I want to be, I want to be alive like this the older I get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I yeah, it's not about retirement, man. I, I just, uh, I want to share what God's put in me with a generation. And uh, yeah, I, I, I well, love there's some bad news out there. So. That's why I'm excited just to keep putting out whatever good news we can in whatever form and put some good news on social media, you know? So yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yep. Yep. All well, right, brother. Well, man. Yeah. So much. And uh, again, thanks everybody for watching. This will be on YouTube, um, on all the podcasting platforms. And then we do it on Facebook live as well. So find it and share away. And, uh, and flood those the internet waves with good news. And uh, if you have questions, I think we always put like an email place you can send in thoughts or we might discuss those in future episodes. But um, yeah, I think with that, we'll just, we'll just close out for now. Thank you all for joining. And uh, thanks again, SJ. Appreciate yeah, thank you. you. So love you, man. And love everyone. Bye-bye. Find more from S.J. Hill at sjhillonline.com or purchase his books on Amazon by entering S.J. Hill into the Amazon search bar.
Thanks for joining us today. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with anyone who might be blessed by the content. SJ does a limited number of speaking events per year. Please send any questions or event ideas to stephenhill6 at gmail.com. And may we all continue to enjoy the Father, Son, and Spirit who always fully enjoy us.